Welcome to Mystery Outsiders and Apps. I'm Kevin Weir. I'm Aaron Weir, and this is a teen drama fan cast. Yeah, and uh, we're coming back with another episode of Riverdale. I'm just coming off of doing an expo this weekend, so I'm kind of... Uh, <laughs> I just came tired. back from vacation, yeah. so I'm tired. You got vacation brain, I have expo brain. Kevin, we walked like 30,000 steps a day because I forgot my friend has no chill. <laughs> she just wanted to go and do all the things, and then I just wanted to sit by the pool and read books. But Yeah, but that didn't work out. Then we'd go to the pool, and I'd be like trying for my book, and she'd be like on her phone being like, well, we need to figure out where we're going for dinner. What do you feel like? Is there a food that you don't feel like? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like... We'll just go to near the theater, and there will be 13 restaurants. There will be something. We'll pick one. I just want to read this book and drink a can of wine. No, I mostly did a lot of uh, stand-in. I walked around the expo, though, because it was a shared table, so I didn't have to be there the entire time. But I was uh, definitely, because, you know, you're out in public being social, was on for four days, Mm -hmm. which is exhausting even though like i do legitimately like talking to people and seeing their art and doing those things it still just uses up your energy it still uses up your energy and we were surrounded by some really cool uh artists and i picked up some of their artwork because i really liked it and usually i don't really pick up uh artwork because i'm not that's not i don't really care about the things. i like <laughs> looking at them but just having them around usually is not a thing but like there's an, uh, enough that i've actually picked up some man so. we got to put some art up in this office yeah yeah yeah, you I'll have so much art now. Yeah, I'll get around to it eventually. But uh, we're we're brains are being fried, so this is going to be kind of a uh, I think a loopy, a, a punchy episode, which is good because the episode itself is insane. Yes, if I mean we often call Riverdale insane, but this Riverdale is very Riverdale, <laughs> and is unfortunate that we're coming at it with such like weird energy. Yeah, because I was watching it, and there's times where I just stopped. Uh, writing down any notes and just stared into <laughs> the black spaces on the screen, like trying to figure out why, what, <laughs> how. So let's let, you know. Let's stare into those uh, black black spaces on the screen uh, as we get into this week's Riverdale. So this is season three, episode nineteen. Fear the Reaper. So we pick up pretty much right from where we left off. The Joneses get home after doing the interrogation with Kurt. The Joneses being FP and Jughead. Yes, and we find out pretty soon, so I don't think I'm telling stories out of school, that they brought Kurtz with him. Yeah. Because that's how policing works. He's in the truck. (laughs) Policing in this town seems wild. and (laughs) It's the Wild West, except that it's the... Northeast. There's also a distinct chance that there are two police departments. There's FPs, but also another one. <laughs> another one that likes to wear hats. <laughs> that likes to arrest teenagers. Okay, so FP and Jugga get home, and they find on their table, which has a serpent on it. Yeah. <laughs> if there was one thing the serpents think, like, it's serpents. I think it's a poker table also. But they're lo- using it as a living room table. Anyway, and they find a letter from the Gargoyle King. Inviting them to play a round of G&G. Otherwise, they can't get Princess Jellybean back. <laughs> and Glaz arrives home now. And we talked about this after um, the episode, uh, uh, la- after we recorded the episode last time. Mm-hmm. There's also the chance that Kurtz 
was like he worked for Gladys, but this was him doing something in his own. He time. appears to be doing this on his own time. This, this is a side hustle, if you will. Like he do, he does deal the drugs or uh, cook yeah. the drugs for for Gladys, but you know they can't be your full time job. So also being a board game creep is also a thing he likes to do. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you just got to be creepy, which Kurtz is very good at. So Gladys walks in, is like, hello, and then immediately is like, oh, where's Jelly Bean? Because she senses the weird vibe in the room. Yeah, yeah, and uh, she's up, and she's like, all right, let's start talking to Kurtz and figuring this out, so. So they will. But first, we see a woman who I thought was Ronnie's widow. <laughs> no, yeah, there. everyone's at the hospital. Uh, it's It's Archie, it's Mad Dog, it's... This Veronica. widow, Veronica. This it's, widow, some kids, it's Elio. Elio. <laughs> yeah, Elio talking really passionately to a woman about the age of Ronnie and some young kids. So I'm like, oh, wife and kids. No, turns out all related. Sister and other sisters. Yeah. Well, they're sending some real evil eyes at Archie. Yeah. Uh, as as the doctor comes in, he says, unfortunately, uh, Ronnie did not make it. And Archie hops up and is like, doctor, 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 he's on the drugs. He... Who's a juicy? Meanwhile, Elio is like, "How dare you? I would never give my 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 man drugs." In fact, perhaps you gave him drugs, and if you did not, you certainly did a murder. <laughs> it's your fault. Prepare to be sued. And I'm like, that's not how legal boxing works. works unless if they can prove wrongdoing, which he gave him anyway. He fought him the way he's supposed to. It's not Archie's fault that his heart exploded from drugs. <laughs> but the thing, the thing to keep in mind is that Archie does believe it's his fault. It's and true. So, so here's here's a spoiler. We're doing it again. <laughs> the storyline from episode one, it's happening it's again. It's back again. But before we get too much into that, Gladys beats up Kurtz. Because nothing like a grown woman beating up a teenage boy. Kurtz... I'm not sure Kurtz is a teenage boy anymore. <laughs> Do you think he's a grown man? He might be a grown man. He likes being beaten up, though. Look, it would not be the first time that someone who we thought was a boy and <laughs> went to school is, in fact, a man. That's true. But, so, Kurtz is going to get punched a lot this episode. But right now, he the punching does not work because he's like, well, if you want to get her back, we've got to play the game. And Chuckhead's like, hmm, I know this game. <laughs> These people are really into it. So if we play the game, they will do what they promise. <laughs> yeah, because they're insane, so sure. I and, mean, they don't have another choice. And then here's the thing. They actually play the game like they sit down. Kurtz is the GM. Yep. He, uh, oh, maybe, maybe he is G. Maybe he is Gargoyle Master. Game Master. I know. Yeah, I know that. But I'm trying oh. to think of, like, what it would... Everyone has their own, like, little yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, like, of course, for Dungeon Dragon, it's a DM for Dungeon Master... For a lot of ones, it's like Maestro or... Well, what did Jughead call himself earlier when he met those children who were doing drugs? I think he's just... I think he's Game Master. Anyway, could be Gargoyle Master, but that's Kurtz. And he has his little folding thing up so you can't see his notes. <laughs> which is all, which later they just, like, discard and he just pulls cards out of his pocket. So I guess that's <laughs> unnecessary. I don't get what this game is. Like, they, they do all this, like, rigmarole setup and Effie's like... Or, um, Kurt's like, all right, FB, you're the dead eye. And Jughead, you're still the Hellcaster. And Gladys, you're the alchemist. Ooh. Get it? No, no, no Kurt, you're the alchemist. <laughs> yeah. She's like the she's queen pin or something. The, gang ma- the game master. Yeah, like, <laughs> she's she should be you and you should be her. You should switch spots. And then because I'm trying to figure out what this game is, in this moment, 
He's like, all right. He hands some dice to FB. FB, you goes first. And then FB rolls two D20s and a D10. And I'm like, what does that get you? Also, there's some paper and some pencils on the table. I just wonder that the two D20s and a D10 is not a D50. No. <laughs> like, I don't know what what that does. But they're rolling it. I also don't know what the care. I don't know. I don't know. I, I can't. I can't keep thinking about this game. So, rumor has it, rumor from uh, Roberto, yeah, RAS, is that Lu- this is Luke Perry Andrews' last episode. Yes. So this means his last scene is this one we're about to describe. So, buckle up. Luke Perry Andrews goes, Archie. I know you're sad because a man died, but like. You're, you don't need to get a lawyer. You're innocent. <laughs> and Archie's like, but I'm not innocent. I, <laughs> I should have stopped the fight. I knew he was on drugs, but I, I didn't want to forfeit. Like, like, but that's still but you, 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 you were you like, you tried to stop the fight. You said, yeah, you said, Let, please stop the fight. He's on drugs, and Elliot was like, nah. If you do, you have to forfeit. It's not actually your fault. You did not realize his heart would explode. Yeah, you don't know how drugs work, Archie. For you are a boy, <laughs> not a man, not a man as you <laughs> presume to be, who owns a boxing club. Now maybe you should learn more about what fighting on drugs does to your body. But I was talking to someone this weekend about Riverdale, and I and what is. <laughs> They, what they said to me that I love so much because the thing that I agree with wholeheartedly is that, that they have never seen a show that seems to hate that their kid that their main characters are teenagers more than this show. Yeah, <laughs> and it's their own fault. They made them sophomores in the first season. If they had made them seniors, they could be adults by now. That's true. I actually don't. What year are they? In? So they have one year. So this is the second year then? The, yeah, they're in uh, grade eleven. Yeah, because the first one was only half of the... Yeah, and sophomore is grade 10. Okay, so so season one and two was... Grade 10. Grade 10. Season three looks like... This is like it's going through the entire yeah, year. Yeah, because prom is almost there. Yeah. So now they're in grade 11. Ooh, boy. And soon, grade 12. <laughs> Unless they all die or join the farm. Then they can just be in grade 11 forever. <gasps> yeah. Spoiler. Uh, so Archie's a sad boy. But let's move over to a... I guess a sad boy in the distance, but he's on this scene. <laughs> We're talking about a sad boy. Is Veronica. And Betty. And her dad. Oh, that's right. Yeah. They're t- asking Hiram Lodge if he will please transfer Betty's dad <laughs> to his prison. And so I have a... F- he can have a view of the water. And I have a few problems with this scene. Number one, he is a professed mass murderer, so... I don't care what strings you could pull. The, the owner of a prison can't just be like, yeah, let's move him over to this prison. Yeah, that seems safe. He's definitely in a weird, creepy basement cell that's made out of glass because that's the only thing that can contain him. Yeah, a- apparently that's the truth. But hey, maybe if you just talk to Hiram, that'll... And Hiram agrees because Veronica says, think of the publicity. What publicity? What publicity? <laughs> the mass murder. Ooh, does he have like a sexy mass murderer now? So now he's a cool prison? <laughs> yeah, all... Veronica says, think of the publicity, and all I can think of is bad publicity. Can you remember how furious Riverdale was when they learned that a prison was going to be there? How's Not in it, my backyard. How's it going to be like, and now we have a, have the mass serial killer of Riverdale. They're going to be like, local boy, Hal Cooper, coming home. He loves Riverdale so much that he wants his prison to be in Riverdale. Also, he wants to punish all the sinners in Riverdale because he thinks Riverdale's corrupt. It's a good thing for him to watch Riverdale from his prison. Yeah, like, <laughs> What? 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 Why is Betty doing this? You know, Betty's just very lost and very adrift. <laughs> Hal is the best parent she has. <laughs> which is such Which a... is not great. 
Oh, God, no. No. All right. Uh, In a hilarious middle of the night scene. Archie gets a... Gets a call from Mad Dog from a payphone. Mad Dog's all stressed out and upset because they just came and they swept Elio's gym and they didn't find any drugs there. Because Elio's but, smart. But where are those drugs that Mad Dog gave to Archie? Oh, uh, they're in his locker. And of course they're going to go sweep the El, uh, El Royale, I guess, because that makes sense. Because Archie was the one, remember Elio said, he has the drugs. I don't think, no, Elio never said that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. no. Elio El- just said, I would never give drugs. Yeah, I would never give drugs. But I guess the autopsy must have shown... Well, no, this isn't even that. Just The match was also at Archie's gym. I guess, yeah. And if Archie had just left the drugs where they were, he would have plausible deniability. Unfortunately, they go and get those drugs and get caught with them in their hands. Um, I don't know if he would have plausible deniability. They were in his locker. Like, it, it, it wasn't better, but it also wasn't worse. I guess. Like, they were still in his locker, and he couldn't... Like, he would be like, oh, no, I knew the drugs were in there. I was given to them by... Mad Dog gave me drugs. I didn't take the drugs, though. Somehow they get off anyway, so... <laughs> yeah, this... So Archie and Mad Dog go... They I guess they meet up beforehand, go to El Royale, and as he's pulling the drugs out of the locker, they go in the corner, and the police just kick down the back door. Now, I'm wondering how the police got a warrant and how they're there when their sheriff is busy <laughs> playing a game with for, maybe a teenager or maybe a grown man. For, like, 36 hours. <laughs> yeah, it takes them a really long time to play these three rounds. Oh, man. But, Days uh, change, seasons change. But Archie and Mad Dog get captured. One of, the, one of these cops, who I guess are from Riverdale, grabs the drugs out of his hand. Because they, they, they can't be federal, because you know federal police don't exist. That's right. Except no. for the fake one. And Hermione's barely in this show anymore. <laughs> no one's in this show anymore, Aaron. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> There's no characters in this show. They're all leaving. <laughs> So, back to the game, we get the first challenge. Which is to... Oh, God, how to describe this? He has a sack, and in the sack are three stones. Two white ones and one black one. If you pull the black one, you gotta tell a secret. And if you pull a white one, you have to kiss your crush! And FP's like, okay, it's secrets and sins. We've been playing this since high school, (laughs) dum-dum. And I'm like, you mean truth or dare? You're playing truth or dare. (laughs) This, what is this game? Anyway, Gladys pulls first, and she immediately gets the Blackstone. And she's like, I don't have any secrets. And I'm like, just say you murdered a woman in Toledo. You have many secrets. And that's what Jughead says. Yeah, because he wants to hear the specific secrets. And Kurtz is like, the the Gargoyle King already knows all your secrets. Like, no, Kurtz, you know the specific secret. Yeah, you know the secret. You know what she want, we want her to say. So she reveals that she is the new drug queen pin. And FP is filled with rage. There will be a reckoning. Spoiler alert, there will not. (laughs) Well, no, there's no reckoning. Yeah, and Kurtz is Kurtz takes such glee in whatever nonsense he's pulling here. Yeah, he loves it. I'm not sure what his goal is or what the Gargoyle King's goal. I guess because we don't know who the Gargoyle King is. It's got to still be Hiram, right? It has to be Hiram. We thought he was having a change of heart, but it has to be Hiram. <laughs> it can't be. It can't be anyone else. It can't be Edgar. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Who knows? Let's. Uh, whatever. So uh, she tells her secret. That gets him past the first challenge, I guess. And Kurtz is so happy. Let's move <laughs> on to the F plot of this episode, where they decided to make Josie a main character for thirty-seven <laughs> seconds. So we have a quick scene where Josie. Calls her dad. Yeah, remember her dad from the first season? Remember how he wasn't a very good dad? 
Well, apparently Josie hears that he's doing a uh, a performance somewhere close by. So she'd like him to come for dinner. He is so horribly absent from their life. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess I guess they are divorced. But were they divorced? No. no they were married. Okay. When Sierra it... <laughs> got divorced to marry Kevin Keller's dad. Right. And apparently that has done nothing to the relationship. At all. <laughs> <sighs> we, we'll pick up on that storyline eventually. Short scene. Tony reveals that the big wedding is coming. Oh, yeah. Remember when Betty was like, hey, mom, are you engaged to Edgar Evernever? Turns out the answer to that question is not whatever nonsense uh, Alice said. spewed out of the, her stupid joke hole. The answer is yes. Yeah, she is engaged and they're getting married like tomorrow. Yep. <laughs> and then he's adopting those babies who have terrible names. I forgot how bad they Juniper were. Juniper and Dagwood. Now it's weird that he's adopting his grandchildren. <laughs> I also like to point out the fact that he's getting married to Betty's mom. Everyone's like, oh yeah, okay. But the fact that he's adopting those grandkids, every single human being who hears those words goes into some like weird catatonic state where they're like what no that's the worst thing that could happen he must be stopped the babies must be protected (laughs) i mean don't get me wrong yes but what (laughs) why is this worse than what a weird place to draw a line and the line is drawn hard betty's like oh no now i have to start making dumb my choices (laughs) before i was playing smart now i have to play dumb God. So Elio goes on TV. And he makes a bold claim. So I guess he's the one who would... He's like, oh, well, the the autopsy. No. The, yeah. Colonel Jr. is not going to give this one. Mostly because I assume he has some sort of creepiness. Because he's not in this episode. Yeah, but Elio is the one who's going to tell the... um. Uh, the news that... Al- he's going to tell Alice Smith. Yeah. You know, Alice. Is it Alice? <laughs> yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I know she was. she's there later, but I didn't realize that's what he's talking to. Yeah. So he tells Alice Smith, you know, of the news that... Uh, <laughs> Drugs were found in Ronnie's system. And I, and I presume the reason they couldn't have uh, Curdle Jr. give that is because he would have been like, yes, there were drugs in his system and they were given to him pre-mortem. In more, more than just drugs in his system, there was a touch of something else. A touch of evil. What? 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 <laughs> oh, right. We're not supposed to have you interviewed. I oh, forgot. I forgot. <laughs> so, Elio reveals in this interview that not just is there drugs in Ronnie's system, but he didn't give those drugs to him, so naturally Archie must have. And Veronica immediately turns off of the news because I... I have to mention that even Alice, (laughs) next question is, but Elio, why? (laughs) Why would he give his competitor steroids? Why did did Archie choose his competitor? Why would he want to make him better? (laughs) Why did he do that? Elio, you answer me one very serious question, and that's why. Why? Why would a human being make that decision? We know Archie Andrews is dumb, but no one is that dumb. <laughs> I have to imagine that as soon as Elliot was like, 
Yes, sir, I believe that Archie Andrews gave him the drugs. He just smacked the microphone out of Alice's hands and ran away because there's no out to that situation. So there could be no follow-up. But everyone who's watching, which is Veronica, Maddox, and Archie, are like, oh, man, I guess Elios really got us now. He said that we gave him the drugs. And then Veronica's like, wait, no, I have a plan. She forces the boys to drink soda, and I didn't understand it until right now. Yeah, she says, first thing you need to do is drink up, and that's because they're going to get, they're just going to get themselves tested for drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Which, which I mean is good, yes, but that that actually doesn't prove that Archie didn't give him, give his opponent the drugs, because apparently Elio's go-to theory is that Archie is insane. (laughs) I mean, not inaccurate. Also, why didn't Mad Dog get tested? I don't know. Because <laughs> he was around when Archie had the drugs. Is that the reason why? So it's immediately revealed that they did not take any drugs. Yeah. Veronica does her own press release. Yeah. But Ailey, Elio storms on in there with, who we discovered now, is Ronnie's sister. Yeah. And they also blame Archie, which, I mean, to be fair, their reaction... It makes sense because they're grieving. They're grieving, and they did see that boy punch that man. And I definitely can imagine that Elio heard about this press conference happening and was and just like, was driving by and was like, "Oh, hey, look, what's going on over there? Oh, oh that- let's go investigate. That looks like Archie Andrews. Oh man, it's Archie Andrews over there. You know, he punched your brother in the face and his heart exploded. <laughs> and she was like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> I'm mad at him. I feel like they should have, in cause of death, been like, oh, by the way, the cause of death was heart failure from drugs. Archie <laughs> the, did the not o- punch a man to death. <laughs> but all these things is that he was on drugs. <laughs> but, I mean, who really knows if those drugs are what killed him or if that really hard punch in the face? Because no one will talk to Colonel. The, the fact that Ronnie, that, like, the Ronnie's family was even dealing with Elio after that came out was... Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, but, hey, they're there. They're just sad. Yeah. They have no parents. So they blame Archie, and Archie blames himself, and he says, I wish I was dead instead. And Elio's like, everyone does. <laughs> I will make a grand statement here, and you can't refute it. He smacks the microphone away and runs. <laughs> Elio. So next, we make a shocking discovery about the farm, and it's that the farm is anti-vax. <laughs> yep. See, uh, Evelyn hasn't had her meningitis shots, apparently. Now, I wonder if the farm is only anti-vax, because if she took the vaccines, well, she would have too many vaccines? Yeah, hey, let's, let's um, let, this, we, this gets parsed out over a long period of time. But we need to just do it. Yeah, okay, so... Just very quickly how this scene goes. Uh, Betty is just nearby while this is happening. And Evelyn says says very, just like as an offhanded line, you can check my file. Which makes Betty go, files. And then she out loud says, check your file. I think I will. And then she immediately goes, goes and does that that night. And I'm like, wait. I feel like Betty would have been smarter and would have done something like that. She was just reminded of files. She's not going to go check medical files. She's going to go check her files. Now, I'm confused about what happens next. Yeah? Somehow, Vera- or Betty yeah. finds out by checking Evelyn's file 
that Evelyn has attended 10 high schools? Sure. I, I think what it or is... Or do you think that, it starts with, like, a couple and then she falls down a hole? Yeah, no. What I think it is is that she sees the tra- the immediate transfer and cult of that school and learns that she transferred for, to that school from another school. Oh, so she's And just goes the down the line. Along. Okay, that makes more sense. And what she finds out is that at every single school for the last decade, Evelyn has been doing her junior year. So... That's troubling. <laughs> so, yeah, maybe the reason they're anti-vax is the other option that Evelyn would have just been chock so full. <laughs> Too many vaccines. <laughs> just just would have been more vaccine than woman. Like, that has to be the reason, right? I I mean, I also wouldn't put it past the farm. I'd also be like, also, just don't put foreign stuff in your body. Except other than for alcohol. all of the alcohol when they had that dance party during the musical episode. But yeah. that was big fun. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Betty does tell this to – she does tell someone, so good for her. Yes, and she tells an adult. She tells a social worker, right? She's the social yeah. worker. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Every time I see her, I'm like, who is this woman? She's a social worker who who is, I guess, now just a character who reappears. Unlike other characters, like Josie. This woman has maybe had more screen time than Josie. Oh, I don't know. But here's the important thing. Uh, so Betty, after doing – like, hearing Evelyn and then going and doing this, doing this searching – the Joneses are still playing Griffins and Gargoyles. They have been playing for 24 hours. J- Jughead has missed school. And it's just them staring at Kurtz, mostly. Yeah, I'm like, what? Wait, what? Because I even if they started that morning, there was a night. Yeah, it started, in, there? It started in the darkness. Yeah, like, so they've been playing all... Okay, so they're still playing, and now they're at the part where the game has completely devolved into just Kurt saying things to them. So he says to them now, hmm, the next challenge is go rob the tavern. It is raining. That's important. Yep. 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 Yeah, and the tavern, because I guess this this game is only played in Riverdale, Riverdale, and there's only one place to... That it could be. Well, because, you know, the White Worm got shut down. That's true. And all those bars that... uh, uh, Kevin mentioned in the pilot don't exist because they're out of your field of view. Exactly. They only exist when you look at them. So it's Pop Tates. I will say that Kurtz immediately admits his real plan is that he wants to get them to give him the money for Pop Tates so he can leave. This is all so dumb. If this is, so is this part of the overall gargoyle plan or is this just Kurtz being like also I want to get out of here so I'm going to just also get some money for myself yeah maybe they told Kurtz he could do whatever he wanted for the first couple challenges yeah maybe now let's talk a little bit about this uh, robbery that apparently they have to do the robbery that no one witnesses to (laughs) follow up to make sure they actually do it yeah they could do anything else and I can't imagine the Pop Tates register has that much cash in it because I'm sorry, this is a cashless society. Yeah, no, exactly. So they're it, getting what, like three hundred bucks? Just go to the bank and get three hundred dollars. Yeah, well, and I thought that uh, uh, Gladys was doing a pretty good job as a drug queen, Ben. Yeah. Oh, she bought that house all cash. Yeah. So clearly there is some, and this seems like one of those things where it's like, you know what? We'll let's dip into our emergency fund. And I know they're supposed to be like a poor family, but it's not even a decision for them is to try to trick Kurtz. So they decide to do the robbery, but with unloaded guns. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we'll pick up. We'll, we'll uh, pick that up. Yeah. But first, in the rain, a man has robo-ran for the first time in a long time. Yeah, we missed the robo-run. Unfortunately, we don't see it, and unfortunately, he does have his shirt on. Well, that's because he has finished the run. There's a just, yeah, there's, there's a chance he did take it off and then ran and then put it back on the when he was done. The shirt is pretty dry compared that's to true. his hair. He was just stuck in his pants. Yeah. 
Anyway, he's at Veronica's house. He's still feeling way guilty. He can't stop thinking, so he had to run to Veronica's. And Veronica's like, okay, fine. If you feel guilty, we'll do a fundraiser. Do a boxing match. And Archie's like, no, no boxing ever. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not boxing anymore. <laughs> Whatever this one bit of hardship in my life, I just shut down. I can't do anything. Veronica's like, okay, fine. I mean, you're going to box again soon, but we'll, just, we'll do what? a party at my bar that I own. Yeah, we'll do some sort of charity concert. Why doesn't he... Want play? to box? No, why doesn't he do music anymore again? Football's because the season's done. Music is because he tried to play music in the prison and they stole his shoes. Was There's no way that's the reason why. That was the last time we saw him do music. Was he playing music in the prison? Yeah. Remember... Warden Turtle gave him, like, access to the special music room. Oh, right. They stole his shoes. Yeah. Man, man, Archie. Maybe you should just take a little bit and decide what your future's going to be. Just go do music again. Music is safe. You've never killed anyone doing music. Veronica does almost seemingly seem to imply that he could do music. Yes. Yeah, but he's like, no, someone else should do music. She's like, okay, fine. Josie's wanted to do music for a long time. (laughs) Sounds good. Uh, we get this is the scene where Art, where Betty finds out that Evelyn uh, has been repeating a year, so we don't have to go over that again. Yeah. Um, then it is the robbery where they're going to be in and out in thirty seconds. Unfortunately, I like that they go and dress up as serpents, who everybody knows don't are exist. De- and are the deputies for the police department. And as if the police department doesn't have a zillion gargoyle masks they could borrow. Yeah, so they go in as serpents because you know what the serpents usually we always see them do rob places. But you know what happens first? Josie gets to have her dinner with her dad. Yeah. And she reveals her true want, which is to go on tour with him. Yeah, and he's like, oh, no, touring is hard. Do like, you understand? Touring is, is a hard life you live. You know what's harder? Being in Pop Tate's while it gets robbed. Yeah, so <laughs> the uh, the Joneses rob it, and by that I mean they just clear the register. So they got probably about 300 bucks. And then Pop Tate's pulls out a real gun with <laughs> real bullets in it. Because... because... Because of course he does. Oh, wait, can I just clarify for a second? The way that um, it shows that FP's, that the gun isn't loaded, is that FP just fires the gun, pulls the trigger a whole bunch. Yeah. Which is the worst way anyone could check if a gun is clear. He just holds the gun out and pulls the trigger a whole bunch. (laughs) What if it wasn't not loaded? What if it had bullets, FP? What if? I mean, it was semi-automatic, so presumably the first one to fire, but like, like, (laughs) you... What? <laughs> I also, to be honest, didn't realize it wasn't loaded until Jughead said it wasn't loaded later. No, no, you see him in the car and he just pulls the trigger a whole bunch. <laughs> okay, so, uh, yeah, Pop Tate pulls out a shotgun because he got robbed before and he's had the riots. And I guess now he's like, all right. Luke now, Perry Andrews got shot in his place. Yeah. That's not going to happen again. He fires. He wings uh, FP. Jughead pulls off his mask. Like, no, Pops, it's not what you think. It's not a real robbery. We'll give you $300 later. I mean, he doesn't say that, but I feel like, once again, they could have been like, hey, Kurtz isn't there with them. They could have left, got to, been like, hey, I got you 300 bucks." Yeah, that's what they had. Once again, emergency situation. Are they afraid that there's spies everywhere? I feel like even this would have been interesting to be Jughead being like, hey, Veronica, I need to borrow some money temporarily. I'm going to do a fake robbery. I know, and yes, Tell I know Tell Pop Tates I'm going to do a rob. And yes, I know that's, uh, that's us sitting here and kind of, like, parsing things out, but it seems so, 
Like, why? Kurtz should have been there, right? He should have been like, I have Kurtz to go with you. Kurtz should have been there. That's the thing. Yeah, if it, Kurtz was there, I would have been fine with all of or this. Or if Kurtz implied, like, and if you try anything else, we have gargoyle spies all over the place. We will know. Yeah, we literally just needed a one-liner. Yeah, something, something, because other than that, it really does feel like these people think that magic is happening. Because they're like, oh, we can't lie to him. We have to play the game by the rules or else. They're just too good. Yeah. They're just too, too good. So uh, FP, I guess, gets left there. Yeah, he gets winged and he's he says, shouts, Go, uh, save save Jelly, Jelly Bean. Bean. And uh, Jughead Rage knocks Kurtz out yeah. with a single punch. So, turns out Betty's talking to Hiram worked. worked. So she reveals to Hal that he will, in fact, be transferred. No actual, like, part of the Justice Department has been involved in any of this. Well, FP's busy. <laughs> I mean, so he's... Also, we learned that he's in a town two hours away. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't really know what's... Whatever. Anyway. So he's being transferred. And he's like, you don't seem happy. Because, you know, that's something that would make her happy. Yeah. So she tells him about the adoption, and he loses his mind. Yeah. No. Dagwood and Juniper must be protected. They are the chosen ones. I know what you should do. There is someone who has a vested interest in this. Go his, see them. Because his family's super weird. So Betty goes to see a Penelope. Who A, knows what it's like to be adopted by creeps, and B, loves family. And... <laughs> And this is a by the way, this is a rapid fire of three scenes. They immediately go to the farm where Penelope just walks out of the creepy gargoyle room holding one baby because apparently there was a negotiation. And she could only get one. It's a miracle they could even get one. These human beings aren't acting like human beings. <laughs> this like, makes no sense. And Penelope's like, like, hey, what is the conversation? Where's like, hey, give me your give me those two babies. They don't deserve this. And then who Polly is like I'll give you one, one? baby. <laughs> I'll give you one of my babies. Or did Edgar be like, I'll give you one of the babies. And Polly was like, okay, I'm fine with this. Were they like, well, we have Cheryl, but we'll give you a boy since we can never have Jason. <laughs> like, what? Like, what? What is What? And then I just point out, Penelope leaves with the baby and we don't see either of them again. But so I Penelope... guess Penelope has a baby now. <laughs> baby in a brothel. I guess Betty decided that Penelope having the baby was better than the farm, which I guess is fine. I, Although we saw how they raised Cheryl. I just... Uh, uh, <laughs> this is not how human beings function. <laughs> you can't just skip over that bit and be like, no, it makes sense. They negotiated for the babies. That's how it works. Babies are essentially just like trading cards. They're just chattel. <laughs> Chattel? Chattel, like right. something that belongs to a person. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I thought you were trying to... Like remember, someone's like, wife. Like cattle. No chattel. All right. Biblical. Biblical. All right. Pull that in. So, uh, Elio tries to give Archie money for winning the fight, and Archie's like, No, my emotions! <laughs> I don't want your blood money! He's like, No, Archie, those are your winnings. And then, uh, Elio, who sometimes is smart, and sometimes is the dumbest boy in town... I think genuinely wants Archie to fight for him. It's like in this moment, his mind has split in two, and he's 
trying to like reconcile these two halves. One half really wants to make fun of Archie because that's the kind of person Elio is, a dumb person. But the other half, it's like, oh, I could hire him. So he, in this middle of sentences, he will change his tactics from being like, hey, Archie, you could work with me. You'll be the Riverdale Reaper, you murderer. But if you work for me, I can get you some real good fights, you murderer. I could take you all the way to Vegas where you would have so much money, Riverdale Reaper. <laughs> You can see, like, it's like they're fighting each other in his head, and he's losing it. You know, Archie is so bereft and dumb right now. If he had just been nice and been like, well, let's prove to everyone that you're, like, a real clean fighter, that you're a good boy who does clean boxing, Archie would probably sign on with him. Because Archie is also not smart. (laughs) But he just can't resist the urge to call him a murderer, which we know is Archie's least favorite thing. But the thing he loves to call himself. It's true. Oh, Archie. It's like when you're mean to your brother, but someone else can't be mean to your brother. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. This week, you had a big week. I had a big week. And what made you happy about it? Oh, well, okay, so at work we're making a video because my dean is retired. He's not retiring. His term is up. Yeah. And um, one of the people who works there always does videos and she'll do – sometimes she'll just play songs. Sometimes she'll change the lyrics and change and sing them herself. Yeah. And so we're doing a video to um, uh, Tell Me Why by the Backstreet Boys. Okay. And so I've learned – which Backstreet Boy I am. Oh. Because I had to learn the choreo and teach the choreo somehow with all of my Vegasing. Yeah. So, uh, I'm AJ. <laughs> it's not what I would have expected. Aw. But that's okay. He's a good dancer. I have... So what brought me joy this week is watching so many <laughs> old Backstreet Boys videos. <laughs> Man, those boys and one grown man committed to, like, such good, high-concept music videos. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the thing about both, both Backstreet Boys and NSYNC. Like, they committed. Their commitment is all there. It, it wasn't just, like, dance videos. Like, they did full, like, videos. It was... Like, Backstreet's Back is still classic. Yep. Although I do have to wonder why Kevin doesn't get any babes. And Brian doesn't get any babes. He does get a stunt double, though, to do backflips. Yeah. Howie, though, babes. AJ, babes. And maybe it's in their riders. Nick, babes. Nick's like 15. That's fine. <laughs> babes. Oh, they're so good. Look them up on YouTube. They're so classic. Yeah. Kevin, what brought you joy this week? Uh, well, I went to Expo this weekend, and I met a lot of great like uh, people and got a lot of their stuff. So um, I got some artwork from The One With Bear. Uh, who is a uh, digital artist and Twitch streamer. Cool. Um, and she's, so she's on Instagram and Twitter and Twitch, and it's all the one with Bear. Uh, her stuff's real good. It's hard to describe it as a this being an audio medium. So we will but, link to that. Yep, yeah, but um, I picked up uh, so, uh, cool stylized Princess Peach and a Monster Hunter one, and those were really cool. I also uh, stopped by a comic called the Horror Shop Comic, I picked up their comic, and that's cool. It's Monsters, and uh, that one was also really awesome. And I talked with them, and they're a cool, like, uh, local duo. So, 
So it was a good weekend. It's a good weekend. Got to meet a lot of lot of artists. I'm saying that because they're the ones who I want to. Because a lot of the other ones I got from them, they already have a lot of good promotions. <laughs> like the rock, rock Paper Cynic, they're doing fine. Yeah. But we got we got to some support our team. Yep. I also uh, picked up uh, new dice because I'm starting a new D&D game uh, tomorrow. So I picked them up from Evolute Marketplace. That's exciting. Yeah. Or Evolute Marketplace, I think might be how it's pronounced. Uh, dice are so pretty. Yeah, I got got some good metal ones because they're doing Artificer. So Ooh. I figure I play enough. I, I can invest in one good dice set. I play enough D&D. Yeah, seems yeah. worthwhile. They do break my uh, trend of having ugly dice because I love ugly dice. <laughs> they actually look good. You also love ugly things like your ugly Nintendo controller. Xbox. Xbox controller. <laughs> but the re- I mean, the reason for that is that I, that, that usually is because I feel like if you're going to have something, it should be distinctly yours. So usually I go with like... <laughs> colors that most people will be like oh those clash i'd be like oh well that's mine you're like i will always know mm. so we have a very short scene in which um i guess jughead is so after he punched kurtz out was so angry at kurtz that they couldn't play the game in the house anymore <laughs> so they brought him to the sex i think they're hiding hiding just in case the cops come that's fair they did rob a rob a bob dates yeah. and there is, is apparently a second police department which is separate <laughs> which from is, FP, I guess. And do their own stuff. They work autonomously. So they brought Kurtz to the sex bunker. Because where else would you bring someone? Gladys is not thrown by the sex bunker. She questions nothing. <laughs> She's like, oh, of course you have a bunker. Why not? But she does explain that they can no longer stay in Riverdale. And they all must run away together. Well, Jughead also is like... like How like, could we stay? Yeah, I think we have to leave. Like, we just robbed Bob Tate's. And Gladys is like, mm, we can't. And he was like, but my home. Jughead is... Fury, he blames her for all this, which is not unfair. Yeah, that's not inaccurate. <laughs> this is kind of, like, things were pretty well wrapped up until she was like, and now I want to do drugs. More drugs, please? Mm, yes, mm. more drugs. Uh, so then we find out that Elio is denying Ronnie's family the insurance money. And I want to know how. Why is he the executor? Of Ronnie's insurance, or payee, or whatever it's called. I mean, like, the only thing I can imagine is that, is that so the insurance probably is cover for, you know, accidental death. So mm-hmm. is he trying to claim that, still claim that Archie did it on purpose? Or, or is he saying that he deserves that money? Yeah, like, I don't know in what way is he denying the insurance. And also, there apparently, Ronnie's family can't fight it. Yeah, I so I guess Ronnie must have not had his own insurance. He must have just had insurance through the gym. And I and I do not. I would not put it past Elio to have some sort of like insurance scam type thing where he is the he is the payee. He is the one that they have to pay towards, and then he decides what to do with that money after it's done. And that's why fitness instructors and athletes should always have their own insurance, even though it's very annoying to pay four hundred dollars for it. Yeah, so he's not giving the insurance. Uh, this is where uh, Archie and Veronica actually inform Josie. That, that she's her... doing a benefit concert. <laughs> yeah. Also, they don't tell Ronnie's family about it. They're just sort of doing like, hey, by the way, money tonight's going to go toward... Really, they're just taking any profits from that night. And giving them to Ronnie's family. So. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing official. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, down in the sex bunker, they draw the... Well, they don't draw the <laughs> Kurt, challenge card. Kurt <laughs> reaches to his pocket and pulls out <laughs> another card. It's like, ah... Oh. He, he always acts like it's a surprise, like, ooh, this is, like, no, you've had this plan. You know what it is. <laughs> this is. You've clearly done a lot of work setting this up, or you and your gargoyle mm-hmm. people. I assume there's multiple of them. It's not just you and the king. I would hope. Anyway. And, and Ricky. Oh, and Ricky. <sighs> Ricky. <laughs> it's, it's essentially three ages of people. 
So the card says that they have to draw with a Cyclops, and Jughead is like, Cyclops is not a race in G&G. <laughs> well, it's not a character class in g Oh, that's right. <laughs> and then um, Gladys is like, oh, I know what this is. And in my head, I also kind of knew what it was, but hey, they're going to keep this a secret until it's... I knew what it had to be because of the previously on. Yeah. All right, well, let's head down to the Benefit concert where we see some uh, some real emotions from Josie. Josie's V-sad because her dad is V-not there. God, they've been playing this G&G game forever. But she's still going to sing anyway. <laughs> Sorry, my thing was an aside. <laughs> I just thought about it. They yeah. are still playing this game, and they will still play it. Yeah, so yeah, sorry, Josie is sad because there's a table, and her dad's not at the table, but she's got to go on. Meanwhile, Archie is lurking around at Elio's <laughs> yeah, he does, he gym. Yeah, he does say to Josie, Josie, I gotta go do something. I hope I come get back in time for your, your thing, but I got stuff to do. He's gotta go deal with Elio. And basically what he does, he's like, give me the money. And Elio's <laughs> like, mm, excellent. And he's like, I'm gonna give it to Ronnie's I, family. And I, Elio's like, nope. I've changed my mind. I'm not gonna give you your winnings. You can't do that, Elio. <laughs> well, he would have given them to Archie, too, if Archie had been like, I will give the money to the family. <laughs> And Helio's like, no, the money's for bad things, not good things. <laughs> yeah, so then, then Archie does some threatening to Elio. Helio's like, ugh. Elio knows Archie didn't kill Ronnie. <laughs> exactly. He's got no leg to stand on. Elio knows Archie is real good boy. <laughs> but Elio has such a pretty face. He does not want to be punched in it. He does also know that Archie is very buff. And he did, he did beat up Nick St. Clair. It's true. Well, he was crippled in a bed. <laughs> so if he's going to do that to Nick, who knows what he'll do to Elio. And Elio is essentially a walking walking guy who's crippled <laughs> in a bed because he does not get in fights. No, never. Yeah. But he gives him the money. So um, meanwhile, we have like some interchange scenes. So while everything we talked about happens next goes on, Josie very dramatically sings Black to Back to Black. Yeah, and they've done this a few times where someone sings a song while someone says something, like when Veronica and Archie sing Mad World, Will Betty Stripped. Exactly. But in this one, it's overcut with a scene because Kurt brings Gladys and Jughead to... The place where the serpent deputies <laughs> hang out. Yeah, he says, oh, this used to be the gargoyle den, and now it's the serpent den. I'm like, deputies, they're, <laughs> please remember, they are the official deputies. Call them by their title, please. <laughs> they have jobs. <laughs> they get paid, and they get school credit. But turns out, uh, God, 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 like, God, God. Like a serpent, where you cut off its tail, and then it just grows a new tail. Oh, that's just... not how serpents work, that's how lizards work. You cut off a serpent's tail, it's most of its body, so... Like a hydra, where you cut off one head and two come back, and but this is a snake hydra. Look, Penny Peabody is still alive, because she is unkillable. She has had her tattoo cut off, she has had her eye cut off. Yeah, it turns out that's all, all, all Gladys actually did was cut out her eye, because an eye for an eye. What was the other eye? Well, I, yeah, didn't... Didn't... didn't she tried to kill Jughead? Uh, yeah, she was following him and Archie to turn them into Hiram. She also, like, stabbed she also, him, didn't yes. she? And she cut, tried to cut off his tattoo? I think she did cut off his tattoo. There's too many tattoos being cut off. I don't know, but turns out all Gladys did was cut out her eye, which gave... Remember the amount of blood on her hands? Well, you know, heads do bleed a lot. Anyway, Penny Peabody, who... 
loves crime so much, is still alive. <laughs> and is here to do crime. So she and Gladys are going to fight with, like, those little size. ninja tribes. Size. size, Aaron. If you as an audience member do not know what a size is, just think of Raphael from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Because this is the kind of show that we are watching. It's a show where two women will fight with size. One of them having an, a glittering eye patch. while Josie McCoy, you know, Josie from Josie and the Pussycats, sings Back to Black in the background. And they're good at it. They know how to use these weapons. When did the... Yeah, I mean, Penny Beebody, sure. Maybe she's been preparing for this for weeks. But because... How does Gladys what, know how? When have you ever picked up a sigh? What what movie did Roberto watch that made <laughs> this the decision he... Did he Did he just watch, like... Kill Bill? Did I, they fight with him in Kill Bill? It feels Kill Bill, because Penny has the eye patch. Yeah. Like, what... Who who came up with this idea and was like, oh, yeah, this is what we're doing. This is perfect. This is exactly how this scene should go. And then, like, it's not even really all that – it really ends anticlimatically. Well, anticlimatic. Gladys is almost going to stab her in the throat, but then Jughead is like, no, enough murder. <laughs> you only had to defeat her. You don't have to kill her. Like, you don't know that, Jughead. <laughs> the gargoyles could do anything. Also, it doesn't really – like – I love how they always put out that, you know, um, oh, she she got her knife close to her throat. That means she's defeated. I'm like, no, no, sides are mostly thrusting weapons. Well, so, like... Luckily, Kevin Gladys is on the same page as you because she stabs Penny Peabody in the thigh and then walks away. We'll probably never see her again, right? She's definitely coming back she in, like, four seasons. She doesn't always come back because... Why would she keep coming back to this town? <laughs> this town hates her. Penny, just... Think of the sunk cost, Val. Like, you gotta leave. This town is not for you. Do crime elsewhere. Apparently you're a lawyer. Oh, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, apparently you are a... <laughs> you've passed the bar. Go somewhere else and do law stuff. Or go somewhere else and do, and do crime. crime. There's serpents everywhere. Stop being so angry at this kid. Yeah, he's a boy. Stop trying to kill the boy. <laughs> just, just leave. Anyway, so also uh, Gladys is stabbed and also because her arm is broken at some point. Yeah. I don't know when that happened. But we'll find out about it by Jughead telling us. Anyway, so as, as they leave, Josie finishes up her song. She goes back into her final pose. Everyone applauds, but one man continues to applaud in a non-creepy way. <laughs> it's Edgar Evernever. No! <laughs> no, wait. It's a different dad. A good dad. Yeah, it's Josie's dad, whose name we don't know. <laughs> Daddy McCoy. Daddy McCoy. Nope. Nope. Don't like that. <laughs> musician McCoy. Mm. Father McCoy? No, I think Musician McCoy. Musician McCoy. Because we have Lawyer McCoy and she's a Mayor McCoy. This is Musician McCoy. Yes. Josie's job is Josie. <laughs> That's why she's Josie McCoy. <laughs> That's why she's Josie McCoy because her job is Josie of Josie and the Pussycats. Where did those Pussycats go? <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? knows so yeah uh, the dad is there and that's sort of nice uh we quickly pick up here on the joe the betty storyline the social worker comes in and is like okay betty not only is she 26 not 16 <laughs> she is his wife i don't know how this has never come up before yeah no one did any background checks <laughs> this took one episode and Be all betty could have done this so long ago she, all, <sighs> yeah. all she needed was to be reminded that files exist, and it took nothing to break into the school. Well, it's like she's never really trusted that Evelyn was a part of it. 
And now she's realized after going to the farm that Evelyn is a part of it. I don't really know. I don't know. But yeah, so Evelyn is 26. And this is their plan. Edgar goes into a town. He gets into the adults. Evelyn goes into the same town, goes to the high school, gets into the kids. (laughs) Because, you know, she looks like she's 16 or 17 because they all do. She really does. Like, she looks younger than the other two. I wonder how old the actress is. Is the actress, like, 20, like all the other kids Yeah, actors? is she playing older than she is? That's nah, as possible. We'll look it up. Um, I <laughs> I personally think that it's uh, it's funny because that's how they got the alcohol for that night. Exactly. <laughs> she just, just went and bought it. She just went and bought some alcohol because she's 26. <laughs> <sighs> so, unfortunately, this news will lead to Betty... Doing something. I thought she would do something smart. She doesn't. She loses her mind. Yeah. But we're not there just yet. First, Kurtz and Jughead are going on a wild ride. Jughead has uh, handcuffed Kurtz to the truck, which is smart. Yeah. As he drops his mom off at the hospital. Yes. She's got a punctured kidney, by the way. Yeah, that's not great. Yeah, but don't worry. The hospital will fix her in about six hours. For it is magic. The hospital is still... You know what? It's good to always see the hospital as a magic hospital. They couldn't do much for Ronnie because his heart exploded. But everything else, they continue to be magic. If you are alive when you reach that hospital, you will continue to be alive. You will stay alive. Yeah. Now, Jughead finds out from Kurt that they must go to the final location, but Jughead has to wear a blindfold. So we are unfortunately not treated to a delightful bird box scene. <laughs> no. Oh, you mean where Jughead has to drive the car while Kurt, <laughs> Kurt screams for the passengers? He's like, oh, just let me drive. Just let me drive. <laughs> <laughs> I guess they switch spots in Kurt's drives, but that seems like a lot of trust for Jughead to give a druggie. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so, so now it's... time for some Josie. Turns out that her dad showing up late for the song. With some weird musician test. To prove that she's dedicated to being a musician. Because being on the road is hard. And it's full of disappointment. You gotta make sure you're doing it for the music. So she's going on tour with him. Yeah. He's tomorrow. Got a, sh- got a show in North Carolina tomorrow. Tomorrow. Just gonna take her out of school, huh? Well, she already wrote the SATs. What else do you need? <laughs> Oh, right. She's in grade 11, but she's already done the SAT. So she's she doesn't, done. She, she doesn't, doesn't need grade 12. She doesn't need that last year. That's never been part of this decision, huh? Really? Mm-hmm. The, the dad was never like, oh, but do you want to leave school? It's always like, are you ready for the road? Maybe she's in grade 12. Maybe she's older than them. I mean, she, she might be. She did audition for Juilliard as well. She might be in grade 12. All right. But if she's in grade 12. I, this is this still is like. What about her final exams? Ah. <sighs> Well, well, she's talking to her dad. Archie talks to Ronnie's sister. And he gives her an apology, and he gives her the money. And she cries. And she reveals that she's actually just been very sad because Ronnie has always had problems with the drugs. Yep, and she kind of believed Archie, but she was just upset, and Elliot yeah. wouldn't give her any money, so clearly she's not on his side anymore. But now Archie has won all of the goodwill. Yep, yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess he has. I guess he has. Um, here's some... Some stuff. So Betty, having learned that Evelyn is in fact 26 and married to Edgar and has written proof from, um, from, you know. From the social from worker. From the social worker. Decides to call Tony and get her help to steal the other baby. Because that is the decision you make when you have proof of crime. Yeah, because it is a crime to pretend to be a teenager and... 
it is at the very least should be a crime. You can't never been kissed for a cult. No. You shouldn't even never been kissed for a journalist. You should uh, never never been kissed. Yeah, you should <laughs> never never been kissed in real life. <sighs> So they try to steal the baby. They get the baby. They're moving outside. Someone's at the door. I hoped it was Jughead wearing his blindfold. And I was like, the storylines are finally coming together. No, no, they're not. Because Tony brings Betty into another room, which is another creepy room. I don't know how Betty get there. Did she teleport? Maybe it's the back door to the original creepy room. I know. She goes in there and we learn some unfortunate things. We thought Tony was so good, so strong, but we forgot that she's always been looking for a place to belong. <laughs> and so I just needed the barest amount of acceptance. And Betty, your acceptance wasn't enough. Now, now, <clears throat> Edgar ever never reminds Betty that everyone in her life is here. Yeah. Her mom, her best friend, Kevin. Who who repeatedly sided with Veronica against Betty. Like, Kevin hasn't been her best friend for a long time. Um, Her sister, one of her niece-nephews. <laughs> not her boyfriend, not the, the crush, not, her, not Archie. Her, her actual, actual best, best friend. friend. And uh, not Veronica, also her best friend. Like... There's a, there's a lot of people who aren't in that room. Not her father. <laughs> Not her serial killer father. Um, the, Betty does go, Mom, you, you can't marry you. He's already met her, married to Evelyn. Her mom's like, don't you think I don't know that? There are no secrets here. Oh, so it's a real sister wife situation. And then it cuts to Cheryl and Tony smiling. I'm like, oh, stop cutting to people. <laughs> And then Edgar is like, this is where this has been leading all along? Yeah, he really wants Betty, apparently. She's so special. Oh, he also points out that her principal is there. We don't see Weatherby, but I like how that apparently might be something that'll sway her. Uh, <laughs> then everyone starts chanting, join, and he gets, it, it falls into, um, uh, what is that What that one? Uh, the body, sna- not Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but like the ones that are like uh, The that. Children of the Corn? no. I it's mean, like yes. that episode of The Simpsons when they're like, one of us, yeah. one of us. Yeah, yeah. Um, them, maybe? Uh, I can't remember what I was thinking. The one that has uh, uh, Donald Sutherland in it. Oh, yes. Anyway, uh, so yeah, they start shouting, one of us, as he's like, oh, yeah, let, you know, here, let me help you. And then Betty flashes back to remembering the babies. And here's the, like, the, when they dropped the babies and they floated. Here's the thing, though. He's actually kind of cool. She has two distinct memories happening. One, the babies fall. Mm-hmm. And then the other one, the babies float. Yes. So I'm wondering if something weird happened there and she's like, her memories are yeah. getting all funky. Because it's weird that it shows both of those things. Like, are those twins not Dagwood and Are they Juniper? twins? Like, did something a lot... <laughs> Was there child murder? Well, Betty is alarmed by all of this nonsense. And runs, and then... God, <laughs> Edgar, Edgar's like, oh, go get her. And they just run after her. And they start banging. It's like a zombie movie. They I, bang on the car. And then she drives away. And they all sort of like look at each other like, why didn't that work? We tried so hard. I just don't understand why it's not working. I thought I thought when we tricked her, it would. I thought the creepy chanting would really win her over. I, I thought the reveal in that scene was going to be that Penelope was also there with the other baby. That would have been a good reveal. It would have been a terrible reveal, don't get me wrong, but it would have been shocking. Very shocking. It would have made no sense, but that's par for the course. But then so. he would have been like, 
both of the twins are here. All right. Uh, uh. Jughead is uh, revealed to be at some sort of junkyard, and there's these two ice boxes, which are refrigerators. They call them ice boxes. And uh, Kurtz informs him that one has his doom, and one has his sister. Choose wisely. Jughead opens both of them. <laughs> They're both empty. <laughs> They're both empty, and then Kurtz has what I swear is like a Mauser gun from World War One. He's like, don't you understand? You have to get into the icebox for your sister to be free. <laughs> Jughead's like, what? what? But just... just- like, I can call and give her free. It's like, all right, the, the, call her first. Yeah, let me know she's alive. So he calls Ricky, and turns out Jelly Bean is just at home. They've just been playing for... Four days? 48 hours! <laughs> it's been days! <sighs> the, the, all of these things cannot be hap- happening simultaneously. It just what? can't be. What? Uh- <laughs> But it has to be. I'm not crazy. Days have gone by, right? Days have gone by. Okay, good. Betty's been at school. Betty's met with the and person. Even, and even when they start playing in the morning, this has to be the second night. Yes, there's been nights. Archie has gotten drug testing. Or they've uh, Josie met with her dad and told her dad to come to her concert the next day. Because and when they did the uh, the the oh Archie and Mad Dog are clean. That was during the daytime. Yeah. Days and nights have passed. Oh my god! Okay, so he gets he gets sealed in the box, but then uh, he uh, breaks out very quickly. Well, cause... I mean, also we do get the thing where Kurtz is like, "Ricky, kill the princess," and then shoves oh, yeah, and, in the box, and then he shoves a uh, screwdriver through the box so Jughead can't get out. But he does get out. He just hits it harder. Yeah, <laughs> he doesn't. Use, I wish he, he used, used smarts. The... Yeah, I wish there was. I wish that like there's something they got earlier on. Like I wish. I wish. Something, this was an accumulation of things. I also wish there was a reason that Jughead didn't have a cell phone. Yeah. Because why would he not call Jellybean himself from inside the icebox, or literally anyone? Instead, he just bangs on the front until he bangs with enough willpower that he breaks the lock on it. And then, Kurtz is dead. So much blood, and behind Jughead... is the gargoyle king. He waves his tiny arms, and Jughead essentially is like, Not today, Satan! <laughs> Yeah, he, despite him not knowing where he is because he was blindfolded, he decides to run home, I suppose. No, he runs to his car. That's why, but that's why I mean. Oh, yeah. Like, he, he doesn't know where he is, remember? Oh, yeah. But he, he doesn't. I mean, it's Riverdale. How big can it be? It's true. I'm going to be honest. I, I understand that he's got to go check on Jellybean. At this point, I would have at least shoved the Gargoyle King over or something. Well, and like. There's no. There's. <laughs> if Kurt's legitimately said, yeah. kill the princess, him getting home faster is not going to do anything. And yes, once again, I understand we are people sitting, sitting yes, somewhere talking about We are about not this. being driven by emotions. But I, I brought, like, the Gargoyle King so close to him and just standing there, and apparently there's no one else there. I would have definitely pushed that dumb. <laughs> tiny hand thing over would you not have been so rageful that this man caused your sister to be dead and your mom and your dad both to be in the hospital that you would push this man thing <laughs> i'm so but i we don't know if kurtz was shot he can't have been shot or else jacket would have heard he it. looked stabbed he looked stabbed but where so i assume whoever stabbed him also took his gun which may have been the gargoyle king which means or there's another person there who there's, did that and then ran away gotta and then, be another person there because how could the gargoyle king do it there's so many times when someone gets so close to the gargoyle king and no one ever tries to unmask him yeah like Jellybean saw Met the him. gargoyle king yes and it was like hi Jughead I'm home now maybe <sighs> she's in a cult now too I don't know. So uh, Jughead runs home. He gets Jellybean. They hug each other. Jellybean hugs him like something scary happened, which I guess she saw the Gargoyle King. But then is like... 
Also, oh. she got home and none of her parents are there. That's true. It's like, oh, no, Ricky left just after you called. Which so, may- maybe R- Ricky was given um, alternate orders, or maybe he just did not want to kill the Or maybe Kurtz didn't even say it into the phone. <laughs> maybe he just wanted to freak Jughead out. Yeah, maybe he hung up and then said it. Who knows? Who knows what's going on? So we have a little scene where Josie is singing, then she's very cute with Archie. He's, he's, he says he didn't make it back in time, but he has to have stopped by to grab the money, because he said when he gives the money to Ron... Well, her concert was only one song. Yeah, but no, but I... Oh, so, so I guess he came back and was like, hey, <laughs> um, sorry I missed your performance. I'm just going to grab this money and go. I got to go. Because he does say that the money in the uh, thing he gave is not just his prize yeah. money. It's also some of the benefits. Or she was gone. Like, her dad was there. She probably went somewhere with her dad. That's true. All right. So anyway, she tells him that she's going on tour. And Archie's very excited until he realizes that it means that she's leaving. But and she he does, also doesn't care that much. She also doesn't know if she's coming back. Yeah, their their relationship really just sort of wafted in and wafted out much like Josie because I guess she's gone from the series so she's not just not a main character (laughs) now she's not a character now they're just like they I they I mean that makes sense they clearly have no idea what to do with her so they gave her a one episode like they gave her nothing to do for a long time they made her start dating Archie did nothing with that then they gave her one episode where essentially she's like dad I want to go on tour with you because I don't care about school no more well remember when she was jealous of Veronica yeah. That went nowhere. I have I have another question for you, Aaron. Where's her mom? Yeah, is her mom agreeing to this? <laughs> Isn't her mom getting married really soon? Her mom's already oh, married. Oh, they're already married, sorry. Um, her mom is busy getting FP off of his robbing Pop Tate's charges. Like, <laughs> and Josie's just sneaking out of town. I feel like, yeah, I feel like if this is Josie leaving the series, then... Yeah, I'm sure she'll be back, but they're just like, we need to send her away so we can figure out what to do. <laughs> I don't know. We got to get Archie back together with Veronica or maybe something like that. I thought that was where the scene where he goes over to the rain mm-hmm. was going to go into. It didn't. So. No. So, which is good. I'm glad he didn't cheat on Josie. Yeah. All right. So Jughead visits uh, his mom and he explains that FBI out of jail in a few days because Laura McCoy s- explained that he was under duress. Clearly. I feel like you'd been like, yes, I am the sheriff. This Someone kidnapped my daughter. They blackmailed me. I did this thing. I love my daughter. <laughs> I feel like there probably would have other choices I could have made. This but story. I just panicked. I just I'm thought, sorry. I decided to rob, did to rob the store as a serpent who we all know are deputies to the police department. <laughs> well, not the grown-up serpents. What them up to? I guess they're doing crime. Oh yeah. So uh, Gladys uh, says like she's going to leave. And, Tomorrow with Jellybean. But Jug is like, just leave Jellybean here, you terrible adult. She needs to go to school. And then he's like, <laughs> maybe you can stay? And Gladys is like, not today, son. No, I feel like my plot line's probably done, and they don't know what to do with me. I'm I'm a Josie. She's, my new job. She's still a drug queen pin, just to be clear. Like, nothing Kurtz did ruined her operation. No, because it was still going, even after Jug had burned it. Yeah. 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 So... Also, so Kurtz was working for her as the cook, which because the raid was on her operation. Yes. But then the the death of Baby Teeth and Kurt's subsequent weird thing here with Jellybean was just... Kurt's doing stuff. <laughs> spur of the moment. Like, it's like, okay, we have to do it now because I don't have that drugs. I don't know. So, um, we have a dumb scene where Elio is being real sulky in the sweat room <laughs> about how all his plans are so bad. Yeah, Elio talks with Hiram, because Hiram's there as well, and they're both just two boys in a sweat room. And Hiram's like, don't worry, 
there's two Archie Andrews, one who's a good boy. Who saved my life. But one who has murder in his heart. And higher besides the real Archie Andrews, the one who, because apparently he was a conscious while Archie held the gun to his head. Um, Hiram's a real bad judge of character. Yeah, Archie would never have shot him. Well, not only that, like, like, yes, we do know that Hiram does not know Archie as well, but, like, if if I had someone who came up to me and held a gun at me, but then shot the person who was trying to kill me, I would be like, okay, that's the real person. Yeah, because that's what he did in a moment of stress. Yeah. They could have shot Hiram together. He, he also could have just not shot the guy. Yeah. Like, how bad of a judge of character is this crime lord? Just the worst. Also, I like how, how he, apparently he's been bankrolling Elio's boxing gym. I like to point out that where's Elio's crime parents? And why does Hiram own two gyms? Why? No, Archie owns the other gym. Right. But before Hiram owned two. Yeah. Well, I guess Elio probably, you know, he just bankrolls him. Doesn't mean he owns it. So, um, Elio's also like, and Archie won't even box anymore. Mad Dog left and now Archie won't box for me because I keep insulting him. And then Hiram's like, don't worry, with my daughter in his corner, Archie will certainly box again. <laughs> like the one that I don't think this is supposed to imply that Veronica's doing this for Hiram. I think Hiram just like, yeah, Veronica. Will Veronica's probably, very supportive. Veronica will convince him to box because it's a dumb thing. And Veronica loves <laughs> dumb things. And do you know what next scene? Veronica convinces Archie to box. He doesn't want to be the Reaper, but Veronica says, no, you won't be the Reaper. You'll be Riverdale's Red Hope. Which is a weird reference to a very racist thing that happened. <sighs> Veronica. <laughs> Great White Hope. All right. Uh, let's. Someone else is leaving Riverdale, not just Josie. It's also Gladys, and she says that Jellybean can't go with her because she's just going to do dumb work stuff. Jellybean, I've got him wrapped around my little finger. Jones is... Not involved? So I thought about this a lot. Okay. After you said that. Uh, Not right now, when we were watching the episode. Because I also have a thought, but what do you got? I think that what Gladys told Jellybean is we are going back to Riverdale and your dad's going to be very mad at us because we left for a very long time. Yeah. So you have to be very nice to dad so he'll let us stay. Okay. I was thinking that this show likes to give characters um, foreboding one-liners and not do anything with it. I think it's a combination of the two. <laughs> one of us is an in-universe explanation. <laughs> one of us is an out-of-universe explanation. And my evidence will be, there'll be a reckoning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes we have lines for the promos. <laughs> or every single thing any coroner says on this show. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> There will be a touch of evil. <laughs> there, there's a touch of evil in this body. This was not done by a person. The teeth are the cause of death. They are removed pre-mortem. <laughs> oh, coroners. Be better at coronering. Oh, God. All right. So she leaves. It actually is pretty sad. Because uh, most of the sad music plays, and they're pretty good with music choice. Um, she was only in the hospital half a day for a punctured kidney, which is... Magic. Magic. Her arm's still in a cast. Cause, and Hiram's in a... Not Hiram. FP's in a sling, because everyone in this family got shot. <laughs> yeah, he got winged with a shotgun blast. But this can't be how the episode ends. It Betty wouldn't go- be dramatic enough. Because Betty goes to Veronica's place. I presume to be like, Veronica, oh my god, so many things just happened. Veronica, I need to stay with you because... <laughs> The farm is chasing me? <laughs> I don't know if I... I don't know what's going to happen at school. I don't 
don't know where I live, Veronica. But no, Veronica also has bad news. See, she got a call. And Hal and a bunch of other prisoners, they're, they're being, being transferred. To Hiram's prison. There was an accident. There were no survivors. <laughs> to which we say, Where's the show body? me the body. <laughs> the fact that it's Hal and other prisoners makes me feel like two things happened. One, it's Hal nonsense. Or two, it's Hiram nonsense. Maybe it's Hal and Hiram working together. Well, no, that's what I mean. If it's, if it's Hiram, I think what it, what it is. Then he's working with Hal. The idea that, well, I think it might mean that Hiram is taking advantage of the situation. It's like, oh, I'm, oh, I'll break out this serial killer to do some Hiram nonsense. Because, <laughs> you know, you can control someone who has mental <laughs> breaks and murders people for sin. Because I do not think that Hal, that Hal is dead. There's no way. There's no way. And... <laughs> And I don't think he broke himself out, unless if they're going to really try to make him be really Hannibal Lecter. You know what, though? Betty needs one good parent, so... So maybe maybe Laura McCoy, now that her daughter's gone. Yeah, yeah. Man, maybe she just adopt Betty. I mean, Kevin's in the cult, <laughs> Josie's gone, the McCoy-Keller family can just take him Betty. Hang on. Actually, no, let's look at this for a second. The Keller McCoys have not uh, had a good track record of their own kids, but they're doing very good at taking care of other kids, like Keller and Archie. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and we know Luke Perry Andrews is going to no longer be on the show, so Archie might have to go live with the Kellers. Keller needs to look on his freaking son. <laughs> yeah, he should be more concerned about what's going on with that. Like. He's been on the show. <laughs> Someone needs to deal with this situation. Maybe he doesn't know. He just thinks Kevin's been wearing a lot of white. I like how every time we see Tony, she's the sexy cultist. She's wearing like a bodysuit in this one. She loves it. Loves that bodysuit headband look. Everyone else is wearing like normal cultist stuff. I like. I just have to dress in white, right? That's the only rule is white. I can, I can wear do whatever that. I want. I can do that. I can work with that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, wearing, I'm wearing a white cat suit. So, Aaron. Yes, Kevin. Throughout this episode, did you find yourself a CW moment? Did I find a CW moment? Did I find a moment where Logic lost its GD mind and tried to break into a cult and then was assimilated into the stupid drama? I have no idea how either of us are going to answer this, but let's figure it out. Well, I chose to pick a small moment that doesn't actually do anything with the plot, and the plot could continue absolutely as per. Yeah. When Josie's dad... doesn't show up as a test does this musician's test that makes josie actually like him more i don't think he's doing a test i think he lost track of time and he was like i can trick my dumb teenager teenagers are dumb (laughs) i'll just tell her something she's gotta do it just for the music Ooh. no no discussion of school so and dumb. it's fine if she wants to be a musician, but... Uh, like, no, finish school. Do uh, your... <laughs> she's literally so close. Prom is coming up, so <laughs> we know there's, like, a month. There's Just stay fun. in school for a month. <laughs> oh, my God. Because if she... And, and I know this is us sort of, like, making, like, you know, some sort of calls here, but... I mean, it's important to finish high school. Well, I mean, because even if she leaves a month early, that means she would to get it. She would have to get her do the what's it called the um G. She's gonna have to do her GED. Yeah, which will take longer than a month. Just stay in school, <laughs> write those final exams. 
then go on your tour. You've already done all the work of high school. Yeah. The hard part is over. <laughs> yeah, you it's it's like running a race and then white race when you get the finish line just being like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't really like running. Like you already did it. You're not like Jughead who's in a terrible situation who might have actually had to leave school to like support his family. And somehow stayed in school. <sighs> Guys, I don't think we have any high school listeners. Stay in like finish high school. Yeah. In this day and age. Stay in school. Stay in school. Kevin, I know, so hard, but could you find a moment? The only thing I, I did, this is the thing you did, the only thing I could think of doing is I had to pick a very small moment. This is a small moment in the scene, and more of it's a choice that they made. Why do they fight with size? Good <laughs> That was pure drama. Like, you could have given them, like, both a knife. He could have given them both, like, bows, or, like the sticks. Yeah, or, like, a baton. Like, why, where did Kurtz get two really well-made sides and decide this? This is the fight they're going to have. Was he talking with Penny? He's like, hey, Penny, do you have some sort of, like, thing you can fight with? He's like, I'm really good with size. What? 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 And then she's like, yeah, the serpents train with them. What? <laughs> Also, how can she be good with them? She doesn't have any peripheral, like, her... <laughs> no, her no, it should have been fair. perception is gone. It should have been real easy to, to fight um, Penny, because you just circle around to her left. Like, her <laughs> she, depth perception, it's gone. She's got no depth perception. She's got half of her vision gone. Like, cover your cover your left eye and tell me if you think that that if I just kept walking to your left, you'd be good at fighting with two yeah. sides. <laughs> against, <laughs> against... Um, Gladys, who, as we see, knows how to fight with size. Like, she's got the poses and she has the rage. She has the mama bear rage that wants to save her daughter. Yeah, like... <laughs> I just, some, I don't, someone, I can't. Someone made that decision and then someone had to go out and buy those for props. And then someone had to teach those women how to fight with them. And they had to choreograph something that Penny could do. Although maybe she can see through that. I, yeah, that might be, but... But it's still her vision is still impacted. But they, they could have, if they wanted to do a reference to something, they should have tied their wrists together and make him do the knife fight thing. Yeah, like that is a reference. But then that's what Josie would have to say. <laughs> it's true. Maybe that would that wouldn't uh, look so cool to back to black. Maybe. What? Yeah. What even? What did we watch today? Yeah, we're going a little bit over than we uh, normally do, but man, yeah. That that was that was the wildest episode of Riverdale we've had in a long time. It's been a long time since we screened at the TV that much. Screamed, screened, screamed. And, and there's a lot of moments that we just didn't even delve into that much because we, we just couldn't. Can't. We just couldn't have time. But there's there's so many weird logical choices that people like are illogical people have made, and like just decisions that the show kind of just wants us to gloss over, like negotiating for a baby. I cannot believe they didn't show us that scene. <laughs> Well, they, could, they couldn't show it to us, because how could that scene exist? And they can't show us too much Edgar, because he'll lose all his power. <laughs> That's why we can't see him, like... Well, which which makes me feel... Like, and she does say this. it was Polly's choice. So was it just her negotiating with Polly? <laughs> and Polly was like, I'll give you one of my babies in exchange for what, Polly? Because Penelope didn't do anything. Well, Penelope said she threatened... Like, the only, maybe the choice, yeah, I'll, yeah, what is, what's Penelope going to do? She has a brothel. Yeah, she doesn't even have that much money anymore. I don't know. I don't know what Penelope's situation is. Does she live in the brothel? I think she lives in the brothel. Well, that's okay then. Wait, no, the baby! Yeah, it's a brothel baby now. <laughs> well, you know what? There's a lot of very nice women working in that brothel. They'll take care of that baby. Anybody who's not Penelope. 
he will grow up to be the most fussed over little boy. Uh, they, she that no well, uh, but unfortunately Penelope's still there, so that baby better grow up not gay. That's true. Or weird in any way. Well, Jason was pretty weird, and she loved him. Mm, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think he was weird in the way that they like, though. He better have red hair, otherwise. Whew. Oh man. Oh man. That kid's going to get dyed. <laughs> mm, dyed. <sighs> All right, so that's Riverdale. Wow. Um. If you have thoughts about this episode, if you want to know you do, uh, you can uh, you can hit us up on social media. That's podcast Moa on Twitter and Instagram. And also give us a review because we deserve (laughs) your reviews, ratings and subscriptions for somehow muddling through this. We have thought about this show a lot. And now it's what we talk about in social situations. Yeah, it is it, it it is a point of reference. And we got like three more episodes. So this is going to go hot. This is going to go heavy, fast, and furious. Two characters left the show. One character came back. So many things. <laughs> I, I didn't want to trade Josie for Penny. I would not trade any of the characters for Penny. I was hoping that she was just full on dead. Yeah, it also I... kind of makes Gladys... Like, less scary yeah so i mean cutting out her eyes pretty bad but she also didn't k- cut out her eye and then kicked her out of then penny but i guess penny went and healed somewhere with oh. her eye cut out i guess she went back to riverdale and went to that magic hospital where else could she be like a, a good way is that really gladys should have thought penny was dead because she cut out her eye and left her to like yeah. for dead and be like oh you're alive oh who knew <laughs> yeah i thought i killed you because i cut out your eye <sighs> guys so we're sorry yeah anyway uh yeah so give us some reviews uh, send us an email that's uh podcastmoa at gmail.com and we'll see you next week what is betty going to do is hiram still pulling the strings is hell alive we asked that last week no last week we asked if ronnie was alive huh is hal alive for answers to all this and more, join us next week on Mystery Outsiders and Abs. A teen drama fan cast? <laughs>